your toddler isn't sharing and you're at the library and they are grabbing other toddlers' toys and knocking other children's toys down, what do you do? And how do you help your toddler share? Welcome to Toddler Toolkit Podcast, the ultimate parenting guide tailored for the unique challenges of raising twins, multiple kids, or little ones close in age. Hi, I'm Heather, master's in education and proud twin mama of busy toddlers. You might have tried advice tailored for one child, but that's not our journey, right? With a decade of teaching experience under my belt, I've seen it all from toddlers to teenagers in the classroom. Now, as a parent to two toddlers, I'm experiencing the flip side of the coin. So whether you have two under two or just looking for tips that work in tandem, you're in the right place. Let's unlock the secrets to understanding toddler behavior, preventing meltdowns, and raising intuitive, resilient children who listen in two seconds. Before we delve into sharing and how to build sharing skills, I want to go over a few different concepts. The first one is how we teach skills. So what are some things that we can do to teach this skill that keeps it simple for us and for our toddler so they can learn quicker and understand better with less confusion, less tantrums and meltdowns? And how do we build that skill using my skill building chains and how those skills help prevent meltdowns or what I have identified in my course called Meltdown Mastery, I've identified them as meltdown triggers. So teaching skills to your toddler can help prevent tantrums and meltdowns. Even though meltdowns are developmentally normal, skills are a proactive strategy to teach your toddler to help them navigate their world. All right, so what are some good tips on how to teach our littles. So we want to look for signs in the body and catch those mini teaching moments. So what do I mean by that? Your toddler is naturally already doing a lot of these skills. It's just, have we caught them when they were doing it? So if we are talking about sharing, there might be an instance where your toddler shares. So we need to catch that moment. We also want to be modeling as well. So this is what I say. Look that your toddler has done it already. They might not know the meaning that we apply to it, but they may have done it. For example, when one sibling hands another sibling a toy, they might not know how we look at the word and the expectation of sharing, but technically they did just naturally share. And it is our job for us to connect that for our toddlers, especially if we expect that they do share, like when we go to the library, right? So we need practice. We can't expect our toddler to be able to perform on game day or, you know, we can't expect our kids to perform a musical piece to an audience if they've never practiced. And a lot of times these situations that toddlers are going into Sometimes they are new situations or there's something new about the situation. Like there's different peers there. There's different children there or it's a different room. It's just a different time, right? Or maybe our toddler doesn't really remember. Um, until things become routine, 
It can be new and it can also be overwhelming. So that's why it's important that we practice. We don't want to show up to game day not practicing whatever game plan we have. And we don't want to have to perform in front of others, like a musical piece on violin, let's say, without having all that practice before we get on stage and have a bunch of other people that we have no idea who they are all looking at us, right? So that's why it's important that we practice and that we call out those signs and make it super simple for our toddlers to understand. We also want to use short, concise, and simple phrases that are on our toddler's level. We can pair with sign language as well. So depending on the age of your toddler or baby, that might be something that you want to also use. When you use sign language, it does reinforce language. And it actually, if you don't say verbally what you're requesting and you just do the sign, the sign language as a reminder, that's actually less of a prompt. Why does that matter? Well, when you are repeating yourself a lot, you become like a broken record, which we talked a lot about in last week's episode where we said we don't want to become the parrot, right? We don't want to become the broken record. So if you've already said something and you don't want to repeat yourself like, okay, it's your brother's turn. You don't want to keep saying that. Then what you could do is you could then follow it with the sign language, which is a gestural prompt. So if we look on the scale of prompting from like the most support to the least, a physical prompt where we're gently guiding our child would be the most support. Okay. And then below that is verbal prompt, where we do not want to get stuck in the verbal prompt, broken record, parroting, right? Um, underneath verbal prompting, which is less of help, less of support, less of a prompt, is gestural prompting. And so sign language is a gestural prompt. So you could always follow something up with a gestural prompt. So this is actually, not only is this a great tip for teaching your toddler key skills, this is actually a really great um, advice on listening skills if you want your toddler to listen. Definitely, if you haven't tried that, take notes on that one. So pairing with the sign language, repetition is okay. That's actually how we solidify and we learn and it becomes routine. So repetition on working on skills like sharing. And of course, catch that mini teaching moment when our toddlers are naturally doing it. So when we look at introducing skill building chains, we are looking at building the skill from the simplest form to the most complex and advanced form. Now, every toddler is different, so therefore the skill building chains can vary depending on the child. You know your toddler best, so when you learn how to do a skill building chain and how to focus on that, you you know that you can customize and tailor it for your child. With sharing, like let's go back to that library scenario. Your toddler is at the library, they are grabbing other kids' toys or knocking other kids' toys down. How do we teach sharing and not just like, 
the opposite of sharing, or your two siblings are kind of quarreling over a ball. They both want the same exact ball and there's only one of them and they want that one, okay? Like how do we get them to share? How can we build that skill? So the first thing we need to look at is when your toddler is handing you a sibling or peer a toy and just simply label that with feedback. Wow, you shared, that's sharing. Okay, so I like to make this the most basic one because they naturally did it. Now, I do see a lot of advice out there where they say modeling is the most simplest and it should all start with modeling. And I I do agree that modeling is super important and I do think it is one of the very base foundations. However, I like to start with what they're already doing is the first sign. Yeah, because they already did it. They handed you something, they already did it. And if they didn't even ask you to do it, they were naturally doing it. You didn't even give them a direction. That's pretty amazing. Wow, you shared. Okay, so then, yes, let's model. Mama shares. Mama shared with you. Or you can ask them for an item too with their name. You know, Desiree share. So, you know, using that, modeling the language and the action, not just the words, but following up using actions with your words. Having your toddler then Share a turn toy or game like a piggy bank with coins and take quick turns with a sibling or peer. That could be a little bit more of a complex way, okay, to have your toddler. And I would keep these short and sweet because as we know, the longer we go, the more chance of the experience turning to a tantrum or a meltdown. So if you're doing a game or turn taking toy that's like that, try to be cognizant of the time that's passing and try to make it short, sweet, and fun, and then move on to another activity. You can build this up over time and maybe your toddlers will even start doing it independently. So if they're not doing that at home with their sibling, or maybe, you know, they don't have a sibling, but if they're not practicing, then we can't expect them to go to the library and then share. Okay, so we have to practice. So a good way to practice this, if you don't want to practice in public, um, it could, you know, for the first time at the library, you could also practice with playgroups or um, friends that have toddlers or children or neighborhood friends, many different ways to try to go about practicing this. But there's there's also want to say it's totally okay to just go to the library and practice it. I think we have to change our mindset around our toddlers having to be perfect at the library because they don't. It's okay, actually, if they knock the blocks down. It's okay if they grab a toy from another child because they are learning. And this is really important. We give them opportunities. They're going to learn. And if they do take a toy from another child and they do happen to be an older child that has more language, they're going to get a reaction like, hey, that's my toy. And so that experience is going to be something for them that they have maybe never experienced before. So I just want to put that out there. It's totally fine to practice these things at the library, but we just need to change our expectations. We want to not expect that our toddlers are perfect at the library. We want to expect that they're learning. And this reminds me kind of of my mama mantras. I have, it's kind of like a mama mindset, It's kind of reframing our thoughts and beliefs about our toddlers. And uh, I'll have to save some of that for another episode because I find those really valuable. All right, next we can set up the environment. 
for our toddler to share with peers or siblings for a longer amount of time. So that could be something like a book. So if you have both of your toddlers and, you know, they're both reading a book, but they both really want the same book. Oh, they are having to learn to share there because only one of them gets it at a time. And books can take longer to look through. So if they're looking through books and they each have their own, it could be five to 10 minutes before the toddler that has the book is ready to share. And we can kind of prompt that and remind them and monitor that along. So if they're not stuck with the book for too long, because we do need to share. But that is a good skill because it's getting your toddler to wait five to 10 minutes or however long to get the book that they want. And then that they know that they are going to get it, which this is really important too, because this helps with their sense of control and independence, which also, which I'm going to get to after the break, is going to be a meltdown eliminator. All right, so a little bit more complex than that is setting up group sharing environments where there's a lot of shared toys between siblings or peers. Now, you know, this could be like a sandbox and you have like shovels and buckets and they're all sharing. And so there's, it almost seems to be kind of less organized, right? Um, We can still monitor it, of course, but that could also be more challenging for some toddlers. Now, this is where I say for some, because I could easily see the last two examples I gave flipped. So for some toddlers sharing a toy for five, 10 minutes, like a book or sharing a book with a sibling or peer could be harder than a shared play environment with multiple kids and a bunch of different toys that's kind of a free-for-all, right? So depending on the toddler, those could be flipped. And this is where the customizable part goes. And then if we want to become more advanced and something that we would see in an older toddler, that's when a toddler is sharing for possibly even a longer amount of time, like a preferred or favorite toy Thanksgiving, a toy to a friend or a sibling, maybe even for a few hours or a day. I mean, this is more advanced, right? Um, maybe you've heard of kids swapping toys like, hey, like we're going to swap toys for the day. You can have my favorite toy and I'm going to take your favorite toy. And this is way more advanced, um, you know, so that might not be appropriate or even make sense for your toddler right now. And that's totally fine. I'm just showing you how you can build sharing skills from the simplest form to the most complex form. And in my mini course, Meltdown Mastery, I actually break down the five key skills and the chains, the skill building chains for those. So you don't just get them for sharing, but you also get them for the other skills like waiting, turn-taking, help, and emotions. All right. So when we're back from the break, I'm going to go over how sharing and teaching sharing skills helps prevent meltdowns. Hey mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the listening and skilled toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm home with less meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com backslash guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation, and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. All right, we are back and we are talking about sharing skills and how teaching sharing in the format that I have went over in this episode can help 
your toddler have less meltdowns. So just to recap, we went over some really important skills to teach our toddlers, like using short, concise, simple phrases, pair with sign language, or use sign language as a gestural prompt if we feel like we're repeating ourselves too much. Repetition is key with practicing the skill. We don't want to show up to the concert without practicing, right? And um, catch that mini teaching moments when your toddler's already doing it and we're just naturally calling it out. And we build skills by starting with the simplest form, calling that out, and then we can make and teach these skills so they become more complex depending on our individual toddler, their strengths and needs, and what's appropriate for them and their age. Okay, so how do we get less meltdowns with teaching sharing? It kind of makes sense, but how, how do we really look at that? So sharing often is a meltdown trigger because it makes our toddler feel a lack of control. So when we teach sharing, we're teaching our toddlers to understand they have control of a situation by sharing and that they can get something they want in return or get it back after sharing. So we can see there's actually a lot of overlap of skills as well. And that's why I recommend the five key skills because in sharing, we can see aspects of turn-taking and waiting, right? So this is why it's so important because if our toddler thinks that this is the only time they get to have the toy, they're going to feel super out of control if they don't understand the concept of sharing that, hey, I'm sharing, but that doesn't mean it's forever. Like I'm going to get it back because in previous experiences, I've got the toy back. And so this is, this is giving our toddler one of my three buckets that I think are super important for toddlers, which is learning through play, which also is attention, which is attention from you and tying into the third bucket, independence. So the independence bucket helps give your toddler a sense of control of their world and in their environment. So when we teach share, we are helping fill their independence bucket because often we hear a lot choices are how to fill the independence bucket. But also sharing can be in there too because that independence bucket has a lot to do with a toddler feeling like they're in control and that they're independent. And sharing helps them become more independent and in more control of various situations that they have to navigate. So that is really, really important. Because when teaching sharing, our toddler can feel more control. They can feel less frustration. And frustration can lead to discomfort for them. It can lead to even overstimulation for them. So it's super important that we teach these skills. And so when our toddler goes to the library and they grab a toy, we can teach them that we are going to share. They could ask for the toy. We can model it, model asking. Maybe they initiated sharing. Let's make sure to call that out. Oh, wow, you shared with our friend here, our new friend. That's so awesome 
right? Anytime they do something, make sure to call that out and not just focus on when they knocked another kid's toys over, for example. We don't want to just focus on that. Now we can, we can talk about it. Um, we can kind of set boundaries. Hey, like we, you know, we don't knock friends' toys over. That makes them feel sad. But instead, we could ask to play or we could ask to have a turn or we can build our own blocks and we can knock them down. It's fine if we knock our own blocks down. So that is, there's so many things to teach in these moments. And so while practice is super important, I definitely think we should change our expectations of situations like at the library and just make them into teaching moments. So that really is the thing. But if we do expect that our toddler is sharing, then we need to make sure that we are teaching our toddlers. <laughs> we are teaching it on their level. We are giving them the skills. We are calling out those moments. We are modeling and that we are being consistent with our toddlers as well. And, and also consistent in opportunities because, you know, if we take our toddler to the library not very often, and then they're they're struggling to play appropriately with other toddlers, I would recommend then, if that's something that's really important to you and that you value for your child, to give more learning opportunities. Maybe start going more often. Often when something is new, and I think I said this in the beginning, it can be overstimulating, and then we can see more things happen, like more behaviors. Um, and your toddler just needs more practice. You know, a perfect example I have is swim lessons. The first time I took my toddlers to swim lessons, we had a mega meltdown. The waiting, the transition from getting to the pool to getting in the water was 10 minutes, and it was just 10 minutes too long. And so that very first experience, it was overstimulating all these new people that transitioned to get in the water. It was super tough. And that that was hard. And so we had a mega meltdown from one of my toddlers. And as swim lessons became routine, we went every week, every now and then we'd miss a lesson, right? Because we were sick or something like that. But we were pretty consistent. The improvement was huge. There were, we went from a mega meltdown to meltdown slash tantrum, uh, kind of like unsure discomfort to really like loving, like my toddler is literally singing all the songs, like the the smiles just beaming from them and the instructors constantly saying, even people, other parents in the class saying, oh my gosh, they have improved so much. But guess what? We were working on all these skills. We were working on them, not just in swim lessons, but in different play experiences and opportunities. But we also made swim lessons routine, even though it was a little, it was definitely tough in the beginning and it became less and less tough as time went on. We were consistent and that is how we ended up having our toddlers completely love swim lessons and have so many compliments from the instructors and other parents on how much they've improved, how much they enjoy it. And it just became a sunshine moment for my toddlers. So, you know, it's the same with the library. If we're having issues with the library, let's make it routine. It kind of seems like the opposite of what you want to do when things get tough, because when things get tough, you we kind of like question it, like, oh my gosh, this is stressful. Like, do I really want to keep doing this? Like, maybe I shouldn't come. Maybe I shouldn't bring my toddler. But I've seen even other parents talk about this with their toddlers. Like they tried taking them to some kind of a class and it was like, 
just for multiple reasons, it was difficult. And they said, you know, because they stuck with it, they felt satisfied. Now, obviously, like if something isn't like a right fit for your toddler and it's just like, you know your toddler best, maybe something isn't appropriate for them. And it's like, you just make the call like, hey, this isn't appropriate. This isn't going to work for my child. Maybe we'll try again months later. But I do encourage you to at least have an open mind with this because I have seen many parents say that they've seen a turnaround after attending three to four lessons or three to four classes or whatever it was that they did that their toddler kind of really struggled with at first. So I think there is importance there because that is the practice there. That's the repetition, right? And then once it becomes familiar, your toddler is going to be more open to learning as well. So there is so much going on in our toddler's brains, and I am happy to give any insights in the toddler toolkit. I hope you enjoyed this episode about how to build sharing skills and how to teach them from the simplest form and then make them more complex and build the skill with your toddler. All right, see you in the next episode. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.